You're listening to the Now I See podcast. I'm your host, Kit McCarty, and today my special guests are Jesse and I am of Beloved and Beloved. Welcome. Thank so you. So glad to be with you. Yes, we're very excited and honored to be on your show, Kit, and just excited for all that God's going to do as we talk together. I, I'm excited for this conversation as well. I am and her husband, Jesse, are the co-founders of Be Loved and Be Love, an organization designed to equip and empower believers worldwide to live in intimacy with God, identity in Christ, and in practical discipleship. Since 2017, they've been devoted to teaching and serving others in person and online, nationally and internationally. Together, I see you as courageous, resourceful, passionately devoted to love and truth. How do you see yourselves? Well, thank you for that. Yes, yes I would uh, say that from our perspective, I am and I see ourselves as new creations. Uh, we see ourselves as new creations who are loved. We see ourselves as valued and we see ourselves as accepted and forgiven. And we know that we've been created in God's image. And so we see ourselves as having such a purpose to shine his image in who God is. And over time, we've learned to see ourselves as people who are not defined by the past, by the things that we've done, like our failures, our weaknesses, and what anyone else has said or done, or what even we've said and done. So we see ourselves as individuals who are defined by Christ. We see ourselves as people who want to be agreeing with God and what he said about us and what he's done for us to matter more than anything else we've said or thought or done. And so ultimately, I'd say, if we could put it in one nutshell, we see ourselves in Christ. Yeah. So and, good. and it's so amazing to us because we didn't used to always feel that way. We That's didn't right. see yeah. that way. And we definitely didn't see ourselves that way. Uh, we actually both were very broken in seeking to find our identities in basically everyone and everything else but God, uh, for many years of our lives. Uh, my husband, Jesse, you know, he grew up around Christians, around Christian church um, and schools like that, but he was basically uh, very broken and rebelled against any kind of like personal and intimate relationship with God. So in that place, he didn't understand what Jesus really made available for him. And then for me personally, I didn't grow up around Christianity or anything like that. So I was very unreached in many ways and lost in my self-centered kind of attitudes as well. And so we both had fallen into this lifestyle and this brokenness of the world with drugs and parties and promiscuity and all of that. And so we actually met in 2011. So we've been friends for more than 11 years. Um, but in that midst of meeting and having that friendship, we were totally in the world and in sin. And then in the midst of that, we both got radically transformed by Jesus, by personal encounters with him. 
um, in the spring of 2012. So that was when he started beginning to reveal his love to us and reshaping our perspectives and motives mm -hmm. and showing us our identity and, and learn, helping us learn how to find ourselves in him. And it was actually in the midst of even following Jesus after coming to know Jesus in 2012, we experienced so many uh, trials and tribulations and challenges. But in the midst of that, God taught us how to understand his finished work and how to actually learn to find our identities in him. And so we're very passionate about that. Was love lacking in your growing up years? Is that why it's so important to you now? Well, what's interesting for me is that I had a broken family in different ways. My biological dad and my mom did divorce when I was young and there was brokenness there. And I grew up with a stepdad who's been um, in my life the whole time after that, since I was about seven or so when they got married. My mom and dad both did love me and were present with me and even remember them telling me things like, God loves you. God loves you even more than we love you. And they would say, that amazes us because we love you so much. I can't believe God loves you more. So I heard about love. I was shown love. But what ended up happening was I also got a lot of mixed messages as I grew up. And so in my years of forming and my teenage years, there was other brokenness. There was hypocrisy. There was darkness and hiding. And so these other things caused me right in those teenage, like really important years of my life to hear that I was loved, but to really struggle to see what that looked like when it was walked out. So I heard a lot of being loved. And I knew in a way that I was, but I didn't know the love of the Father through the sacrifice of Jesus. And so that was not anything I understood. So when I understood the love of God through Jesus, it was like everything I had ever been longing for and took all the love I had been given and it fulfilled it and it made it complete. Yeah. And then for me, I had actually was blessed with an incredibly loving family um, and really was immersed in a lot of love. So I think that it was just as I grew and as I got stained and tainted by the ways of the world and just rejection and pain in my own like choices in life, whether through friends or through just situations as I grew, it was less that I didn't have love in my family. I had immense love in my family. There just wasn't understanding of um, Jesus and what he really did. So I just began to understand life to kind of be experienced. And in my experiences, that's where I began basically ruining myself with the world because of falling into seeking mm -hmm. identity and seeking security and wanting guys to like me and my friends to like me and things like that, that I began to be deceived more and more, even away from the love that my family raised me with, uh, my parents raised me with. And so it was unique because at such a young age, basically from 13 to 17 of my life, I did far more than anyone at that age should have experienced on a negative level. <laughs> and in the worldly ways. And so by the time I was 17 and I met Jesus, it was just like, I was so done with the way that I had experienced life to be in the world. And even the ways I had hurt my parents by mm -hmm. lying to them and things like that, just experiencing their unconditional love, I believe was such a factor in God using their unconditional love in my life to lead me to him. And then in the midst of that, it was awesome because I was able to help 
them understand the the understanding of Jesus in a bit of a deeper way. And they, my parents had come back to Christ in the journey of me following Jesus as well. So, so much love there, but I think it was definitely finding my identity that changed everything, finding actually why I really was here and what Jesus actually died to accomplish in restoring sons and daughters. Yeah. And just to tie into that with my story too, I really feel like I had an absent father um, and then I had a stepdad who was present and I had this, this love in my life from my stepdad who was present. And I had this love um, from a person who I didn't know. I, I knew they loved me from a distance, whoever this earthly father that I had was that I didn't know at the time. But what really made the love of God real in my life was when I recognized that I had a father who had done everything right for me. And everything that these earthly parents may have done that was a reason why I could not be okay, God started showing me everything I've done for you as your heavenly father can be the reason that you are okay. And it started to bite me into this new story. And so I, I am and I both did have love, but we didn't have the love of God through the revelation of Jesus and what it means to be sons and daughters. And that was um, a, a very clear distinction once we did have it. Your stories are going to resonate with people who are listening today. You know, you both came very different paths, but the power of your testimony is going to touch some hearts today. And I'm so excited that you uh, made yourselves vulnerable to share your story. So tell me about what happened when you discovered the love of Christ. How did that change you? Wow, it was so radical and it was so um, so day and night. Um, it, it's hard sometimes to even really put it into words. But when I think back at it, Kit, I think after meeting Jesus, we saw his selfless love of sacrificing his life. And we started to recognize that the way he didn't let others define him was empowering, was impactful. He didn't let what others say about him or against him or do to him determine what he was going to do. Mm -hmm. As we, like personally, I grew up around the Bible, around church. I heard the stories. I'd even read some as a child. But when I met the Lord and surrendered my life and dug into the scriptures, I started reading and recognizing that he came to fulfill the purpose for which he was sent. And so nothing good. anyone else could say or do was going to stop him from doing that, mm -hmm. even to the point of him being up on the cross and them saying, look at him. If he is the son of God, then he could come down and save himself. Do it right now, and then we'll believe in you. And he has the ability to understand, no, they don't know what they're doing, and actually pray for them. And so as we started to read these stories of Christ and see what he had done, it was a personal decision that said, I'm going to choose to let him define my life. And I'm going to let him be the one that I follow. And I'm going to let him shape my life. And I want to follow in the footsteps of Christ and not just attend a church or confess some Christian belief, but I want to walk and think like him. And so it was through seeing the love of God shown through the life of Jesus that it was really just like for the first time I understood it and it convicted me that that is living. Yeah. And I think too, like when I 
I had gotten to a, such a place of feeling so broken and wondering what my purpose was and why I was even really here. And then when I actually began to read the eyewitness account of Jesus's life, and that's part of our story, you know, Jesse had his encounter. Then he came over to my house and asked me what I knew about Jesus. And I didn't really know anything. And here's my friend who we had experienced drugs and crazy experiences together. So I'm not threatened by it. But then I began reading the eyewitness account of Jesus's life through Matthew. And as I was reading it personally and together, I began seeing this amazing Jesus who was demonstrating himself to be God and the one who we needed to come to and also telling us how to live and how not to live and experiencing the fact that, wow, I, I really did need a savior. I really did do those things that I was never created for. And it was that one night that I encountered him, I was alone in my bedroom and his presence just came to me. And it was almost like, I didn't have language for it at the time, but it was almost as if the love that I had been longing for and seeking in everyone else and the identity that I needed and everything was revealed to me in a way. And I encountered it that I knew I was a sinner in that moment because I had sinned against God, but it was so strong that he showed me that now that I had repented and turned away, that now I'm his daughter and that I no longer have to be identified with my sin or with the struggles that I've had in the past. So as we both like had those radical encounters personally with Jesus and his love and Holy Spirit and his presence, we just went all in. And so as going all in, we began to study the scriptures and press in together. We were best friends. So now our friendship just became about praying and studying the scriptures together. And so in that, that was what we actually like, we didn't want anything to do with our old life. We really encountered dying to our old self and raising into a new life in Jesus. So that was the new life that we only wanted. And then we, as we began to see other people around us who Yes, we're deeply sincere and love God and not to speak down on anyone's relationship with God, but just we started to have experiences where we recognized, wow, this love that we're getting at such a quick and like kind of um, intense experiential way and understanding our identities is actually underemphasized in a lot of Christian circles. And it's almost like there's a belief system, but then the way people think, see, respond perceive things, understand themselves to be the world to be is all in things and ways that Jesus never taught us. So they're, they're not maybe knowing how to put those away and learn the new way. So that became our like deep desire to put away everything that God never made us to be and grow in all that he said about us. Yeah. We started recognizing a lot that people were thinking, I just need to pray a prayer. I just need to believe in this prayer will put my name in a book called life and I'll go to heaven. But then we started thinking and seeing, but you're really a lot of people living like hell while you've said you've prayed this prayer. You're defeated. You're discouraged. You're disheartened. Condemned, you, shamed, with feeling guilt. with the guilt. Absolutely. And we've seen there's a lack of emphasis on why Christ died. And so with my life, I remember being 19 years old and I had already been arrested three times. I had already experienced so much of feeling like I can do whatever I want to do and it's my life. And I thought that that was freedom. I thought that me doing whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it was freedom and me loving however I wanted to love was love. But what I didn't understand was that I was 
trapped and I was a slave to my own impulses, to my own fallen desires, to my own selfishness. And so for me, there was a lot of change when things started to recognize, uh, things started to come alive in me that, wow, Jesus didn't just die on the cross so that I could pray a prayer and go to heaven. He died on the cross to take away my sins, to expose that I have value to him and to make a way for the lie to get off of me that says I should live for myself and to put the truth back on me that says I'm made to live a purposeful life in him where that's true freedom, whereas I give my life back and then I can be an expression of God. And so those things started to really come alive in us as we started seeing others be more focused on, are you going to church? Are you serving in this ministry? Are you doing these things? And we were asking them, is that ministry you're serving in where you find your identity? Or is you going to church the place that you find your circle and click? Or have you found acceptance in Christ and the ministry you do flows from who you are? So we really felt like we started meeting people that were not on the same page as us, but were dearly loved brothers and sisters. And our hearts just started connecting with people. And it was obvious not everyone was on the same page that we were. And so that started to stir something in us. Wow. What an amazing story. Did you ever think you'd be running a ministry? No. No. (laughs) And that's actually what's so funny is like, so basically we came to Jesus in 2012. And then shortly after that, we went into training and uh, missionary training Mm -hmm. and discipleship training schools. And we began to travel in the nations separately, like individually on our own journeys. We were always best friends. We would stay in touch. And we have a crazy long love story that we don't have time to get into that this time yet either. But in the midst of our journeys of following Jesus, going to the nations, seeing, you know, the poor, living with the poor, um, seeing this orphan spirit, um, realizing that everyone is looking for an identity. And usually it's in their spouse, their kids, their boyfriend, girlfriend, their friends, their status, their career, you know, everything else. And yet you find that so many of those things are causing so many issues because none of those things can truly give you the true identity that God has. And so through a lot of challenges and hardship, we just refused to give in to the perspectives that are just so common to the world. Like we were pressing in deeply for God to cleanse us and purify our hearts and get out every bit of offense and every bit of issue that would cause us to just maybe have a belief system and bite our lip to try harder when we know we shouldn't say that to that person. No, we wanted the the cleanness and the purity to come from the inside so then we truly could love someone who's mistreating us when because we recognize they're in their worst moment and they're broken and they're hurting and we don't have to take it personally. We can love them and shine God's grace and mercy and light to them mm-hmm. so they can actually see what they're not seeing. Mm-hmm. And so as we began to see these things that we hadn't known in the past, it was like we knew both of us started having dreams and visions that we were called to the nations, that we were called to equip believers, that we were called to minister these truths of identity. Because literally we were having experiences where we wouldn't talk for some time because we'd be off in the nations doing whatever we were doing. Then we'd come back together and we would start telling, this is what God's been teaching me about our identity and these things. And we'd be like, oh my gosh, like you're saying the exact same thing that I'm saying. And there was always this like deep connection and wovenness together about Jesse and I that is part of our story. But then it wasn't until we got married that God actually showed us 
I'm calling you to lead a global teaching organization. Like we just thought like, we're just going to give our lives and teach these truths and insights and write and share. But we didn't know that it was going to come become what it, he's leading it to be today. And I think a big piece, I think a big piece of that is like, when we got back from Africa in 2014, I am and I were just sitting outside of her parents' house one day, and we were getting this insight from the Holy Spirit, and he was teaching us, you cannot give what you do not have. And as we started to think about that, we recognized, wow, so what's the greatest commandment? It's to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But we recognize that 1 John 4.19 teaches, we love because he first loved us. And so we started to think God has made us in love, to love, but we can't really do that until we've been first loved. And so it was back in 2014 that we had that experience together, and actually the phrase came to us, so we need to be loved and be loved. <laughs> and we joked with one another, and we're like, well, I wonder what that's going to be, or who's going to use that, or what are we going to do with this? And we just kind of stuck it in our back pocket over the years. And then after getting married and God um, leading us together, opening more doors for us, just to really not try to be in ministry or start a ministry, but to be who we are as sons and daughters and to, from that place, do. You know, it's it's less like we're doing something to try to be someone. It was more because we've been made these people, we're going to do this. And so it was such a natural thing as opposed to ever anything that we wanted and strived for. It was just an outflowing. Mm, the best ministries are. Listeners, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to hear exactly how this ministry is working itself out in the lives of I am and Jesse and people around the world. Jesse and I Am Joy's story of finding God, finding themselves, and finding each other. Don't you just love finding? I love finding out about other people and their stories, and finding how many of you have been with us from the beginning, and how we're finding new friends together every week. If you're just now finding us, I hope you like what you're hearing. Please find time to like our show, share it with your friends, and give us a good rating and review so others can find us too. You can find out more about the Now I See podcast by visiting our site at nis.media, where you'll find shows you may have missed. You can browse through our blog tab or use our search tool for name or topic. You can discover books by our favorite authors and learn more about our featured causes like Jesse and I Am's Be Loved and Be Love that you're hearing about this week and Lewis Hogan's United Cry that you heard about last week. By the way, there's still time to join Lewis and me at the DFW Awake event in Dallas this weekend. The event is free and you can register today at United 
unitedcry.com. That's unitedcry.com. You can find links to that event, as well as contact information for Jesse and I am in today's show notes on our website and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NowICPod. While you're there, drop us a line. We love finding out about you and what you think of our show, our guests, and our topics of conversation. Now, for more of the conversation with Jesse and I am, let's get back to our show today. We are back from our break with our guest today, Jesse and I am. We left you at a cliffhanger. We were talking about how your ministry, Be Loved and Be Loved, got started. Now, tell us what it is and what you're doing. Yes, so we are so grateful for all that God's taught us and done in and through our lives. And like we were saying before, so much of this ministry was birthed through what he personally taught us and what we experienced freedom in our walk with Jesus. Because just kind of tying it all together and then we'll get deeper into what the ministry does and and what our mission is um again but people when as we traveled the nations as we talked to many people as we did discipleship with many people who were wanting to grow in their walk with God and and who loved Jesus so deeply we began to experience very common struggles and a lot of those struggles are not feeling good enough and knowing that God loves them, but not knowing maybe how that God loves me and what I've done. And and of course, God doesn't love the sin or the th- wrong things we've done, but he never loses sight of who he originally made us to be. And so often, so much of that is underemphasized. So often believers are starting at the fall, but there was a beginning and there was an original design. And so our heart was to We had been so deeply transformed by these truths of why Jesus really died and what it now means for believers that, yes, we get eternal life. We get to go to heaven and be with God forever and those we love forever. But how heaven actually is called to come into us while we're here and transformation in our life is actually supposed to to manifest, you know, be revealed and come to show out of our lives that what Jesus died for and what he made available through his death and resurrection is possible for us to live in now by the power of his spirit and by his grace. And so we just began to have such a burning desire to see believers heal from the wounds they've been through, from the traumas they've walked through, get new perspectives, learn how to guard their thoughts and all of the lies and the ways we've learned how to respond and see things. And that's so important to us to help people know practical tools on how to understand what it means to have an intimate relationship with God and then walk out their new identity. So we are a global teaching ministry mm-hmm. where we are have an online side as well as in person. And our heart is to equip believers worldwide 
to actually understand that it's not about religion. It's not about rules and tasks and duties. It's about coming to know your creator and the one who made you and the one who fulfills you and having that intimate personal relationship with him. And that it's like, it's face to face. It's you see him, he sees you, you're intimate. You understand his heart, what moves him, what causes him to do what he does. And then at, in that place, you actually understand how he's made you a new person and given you a new identity and then practical discipleship tools, which then teach people how to live those truths out. And it's all biblically based because all this is not new. It's just God has given us a way of expressing it in a way that's understandable to people, but it's all biblical. And so our heart is to equip believers worldwide in these truths and so we teach and travel and speak, as well as have online resources, um, video courses, ebooks, many things like that on our website. But so much of it is actually walking with people and helping them receive the healing they need and the counsel they need and actually letting truth set them free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yep. We've seen a lot as we've uh, met with people, traveled, is there's a tendency in Christian circles to just think that we need more ministry, to think that we just need more prayer. And I want to say this sensitively, but I do think that sometimes what we don't, what we need is not just more ministry or prayer. What we need is a strong application of the truth, because oftentimes people will see the need for something in their life to change, ask someone to pray for them, feel emotional about the prayer, and then go on their way. But when you don't see differently, you don't live differently. And we love the name of this podcast and all that it stands for of how when you see something, it changes things. And we've really recognized that when someone can see differently, they can live differently. And so in our experience, it's been less about just um, say we've had people say, can you please pray for me that I would feel God's love? And we understand their heart. And so we're always very gentle in whatever that's asked. But a lot of times we'll respond with something like, no, we're not going to do you that disservice because we do not want to pray that you just feel God's love right now. Because if you experience a feeling in this moment and walk out the door and that feeling goes away, you might wonder why you were so loved when these people prayed for you, but now you aren't. What we're going to pray is we're going to pray that you would have an unveiling in your heart, that you would have an understanding come to you, that the love of God has already been revealed for you through the sacrifice of Jesus, and that you'd get a faith rising up in you to wrap around that and believe that his love isn't really up for discussion or debate at this point. It's been revealed, and it needs to be received. So when that's been a big thing in our ministry as well, is not just feeding into human feelings, human emotions, um, and things that seem normal to men, because there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it always leads to death. And then there's the new and living way. And we just really feel if people can know the truth, then the truth can set them free. So we're really practical. We, we do try as we minister to not just stay heady, to not just talk from our intellect, but to connect with people's hearts and to help them understand that if you can receive this truth for yourself personally and take responsibility and stewardship of it, you can have breakthrough as opposed to just asking someone else to pray for you. And of course, like we have a vision for, you know, multiplication to happen. So for believers to understand 
truly what Jesus paid for and died for. So that way they can, no matter which sphere of influence that they are in, whether they are teachers or not, whether they're just a mom or a dad or, you know, work at a just target or something, no matter where you are or what you do, you can know who you are in Christ. And then no matter what is happening or what you're even doing, you can live from that place. And so it flows through your life. And so, of course, we encourage people to, you know, press into God to encounter him and experience him. But there's far too many people who under, who know that the saying we're called to live by faith and not by sight, yet far too often we're all struggling to live by our feelings and by what's going on and what that person did and the circumstance that's going on. And so the more we can have a solid foundation of actually understanding Jesus's love through what he already accomplished and did and knowing God's heart in that way, the more and more freedom we can have when we go through situations and hardships. So we're constantly trying to help equip believers to have those practical tools so that way when they do go through that hard thing or that hard lie that they're hearing, they know how to grow and walk out of that and walk into the victory. Because of course, we want people as they're listening to this not to misunderstand that we are saying it just has to happen instantly. It's a process, but what is part of that process is us being willing to unlearn what Jesus never taught us and relearn what he has taught us. So we have to be in, in partnership with God and we have to be diligent and intentional. And so a lot of our ministry has to do with that intentionality. And one really cool thing since we've been established uh, for the past five years we have been able to reach over 70 plus nations with our teachings online, with our email devotionals and things like that. So we are so grateful and humbled with the way God is expanding it and continuing to expand the ministry because truly like this is what we believe is Jesus receiving the reward of his suffering is by sons and daughters actually entering in to the new life that he died for, like he gave his life in an excruciating death for the joy that was set before him, because that joy was sons and daughters who were lost to come back into their true identity and live the true life he actually made them and originally created them for. Right. And then how much more is the world going to be able to see what Jesus did when his children understand it and then live it out? And that's all part of God's order and design of how he set up in the very beginning. Every seed would bear fruit after its own kind and that it would have to first go into the ground and crack its outer shell for the true life that's inside of that seed to come forth. And then once that seed cracks open and the true life inside of it comes out, that life contains more seeds in itself with more DNA just like that itself. And so Christ is the seed sown into the earth body broken open, buried into the ground so that he could rise up with the true life. God gave one son for many sons and daughters. He gave that one to make many more like it. And so our ministry always wants to focus on the multiplication of the image of Christ and helping family of God recognize you don't have to just go through the motions. You can know him intimately. You can live in an understanding of who you are because of him. And you can walk that out and make an impact in this world and fulfill your purpose. And so we always want to empower people by equipping them with truth. Wow. I love this so much about your ministry because God's truth is universally true. 
And God's love is universally love. So where are you finding success in your ministry, especially in the area of replication, as you're talking about? You're not only ministering locally, but internationally. Love to hear some of those places where you really see God at work. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've been, have the privilege in just the last 10 years of following Jesus. This past year was 10 years for us following Jesus. And so I've been able to go to 10 different nations. He's been able to go to nine different nations. And then since being married, we've been able to go to many of those together. Um, So we've definitely seen multiplication happen as we have been able to teach um, and be part of certain underground church planning movements where we come and we bring teaching about identity and they're already sold out believers wanting to go out into the field to be able to bring people to Christ. But then now they have an additional tool of understanding more in depth their identity and they're multiplying that by sharing that teaching with all those they're equipping Um, So we've experienced a lot of that in Asia. Um, We also have had many opportunities to teach at discipleship training schools and where students from all around the world come to these schools to grow in their walk with God. And we get a week on teaching on identity in Christ. We'll get 14 plus hours to just pour into them. And then we offer personally two-on-one type meetings where Mm -hmm. they can share their story, go in deeper with questions they have open up about any struggles they're going through and we can minister and speak into their heart, just comfort them and walk with them through that. And that has been a huge part of seeing multiplication is some of these students going into the mission field, being so transformed by understanding these deeper truths of their identity and then them sharing with everyone they're talking to, then they begin leading teams into the mission field. And it's just, it's been a ripple effect. So that's been really cool But sometimes it's, you know, hearing these generalizations are really great for people, but also sometimes hearing one particular little short story can help people understand that this is one of many things that are happening. So I just thought I'd share with this one brother who was at this discipleship training school. He came to do a two-on-one with us, and he was just so on fire for Jesus, so excited about following him and and his love. And he was sharing with us that he was understanding God's love and how much he loved him and how much he loved other people and how much this brother wanted to just go share God's love. And the Holy Spirit put it on our hearts to ask him very in very intentionally and specifically, so how do you see yourself, brother? And he actually like was taken aback and began to express that he had struggled with most of his life with self-hatred. And so here is a brother in the Lord yeah, it's almost like heartbreaking to think how many people are are hiding behind this reality that they they kind of know about God's love. They're so excited about God's love. They're they so excited it for everyone else. Yeah, for everyone else, they're excited mm-hmm. to share His love. But when it actually comes to themselves, they're struggling to hate themselves because they can only see themselves for the weaknesses and the struggles and the sins and the things that are not what God made them to be. And so they see themselves that way. And in the midst of that meeting, we got to minister to his heart in such a deep way, where by the end of the meeting, he actually was looking at himself in the mirror saying, I'm God's beloved son and declaring out the truth. And of course, you know, he's going to have to steward that breakthrough and steward that throughout the rest of his life. But people are experiencing breakthrough as they're being met with the love of God in, in in a way that's being taught about the freedom and the identity that he has available for us. And they're getting rid of self-hatred. They're getting rid of not feeling good enough. And they're actually learning how to see themselves the way God sees them. 
Absolutely. It's been so fun to watch things like that happen again and again in different places we've gone. I, we hear this phrase often and we're grateful for it. I have shared what you've shared with me with so many people. <laughs> and that phrase often will clue us into, okay, they've taken something away that impacted their life that they couldn't help but speaking about what they have now seen and what they have now heard. And I think of the apostles when they get brought before the council, they would healed the lame man and they bring them before the leaders and they say, we, we, command you to stop speaking in the name of Jesus. And they just say, we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and what we've heard. And so when you see something that you didn't see, it changes everything. And so a lot of times we're, um, we're helping people see things they've never seen. Like every thought that someone has isn't necessarily always from themselves. People have thoughts that can come from, yes, themselves. God can also speak to your thoughts. The enemy can place thoughts in you. There can be thoughts because of influence of those around you, things that you see or hear or are told. And so when people begin to understand that, it brings a lot of change. And I'm thinking of one sister in the Lord who we taught and told her, not every thought that you have is from you. You know, if it offends your heart and you wish you weren't thinking it, it's probably a clue that that's not from you. That's outside trying to get in, trying to cause you to turn inward and focus on this thought that you wish you weren't even having. And so we often tell people, when you have a thought that you wish you weren't having, it's a lie, you know it's not true. You need to learn to discern it and identify it. Not identify with it, but identify it and catch it. And then once you've caught it, actually flip it and find the truth to that lie. And then begin to speak out loud to God. What are the truths to those lies? This sister I'm thinking of was dealing with like, I don't feel like I'm valuable or worth being loved. No one would ever um, really love me for me just for what I can give them. And then as that thought comes into their mind, we were training them. What if you take that and every time use it as a cue? You get that thought and it triggers you to say, Father, I thank you so much that you've loved me with an everlasting love. I thank you that you created me with purpose and that you sacrificed your life for me before I even did anything for you. And you might next hour hear more thoughts of, well, no, nobody ever loves you. It's always about what you can give them. Father, I thank you that you loved me before I ever loved you. And actually teaching them to use the lies that are coming to them in thought form as fuel to drive them into the presence of God and to fellowship around the truth. And when after we had taught this sister particularly about that, a number of years we've been in a relationship with her, and she came up to us recently and just said, I do tell almost everyone that I meet and pour into about what you taught me regarding guarding my thoughts and how not every thought comes from me and how I can use lies that I hear and discern them and flip them and turn them into truth and fellowship with God and become stronger because of them. Thank you guys for helping me with that. And so those are things that we love to hear people say, and that's some of the way the multiplication will happen. That's a beautiful way to put tools in the hands of people who are doing God's work around the world. And so you have other resources to help equip people. Um, I am, you've talked about, um, you've referred to them a couple of times. Tell us specifically what people can find when they come on your site. Yes, absolutely. Um, we actually spent a good amount of time 
putting all these things together so that way people can utilize them as addition to what they're already um, experiencing in their walks with God. So not as a way of replacing their church or anything like that, but just as additional discipleship tools. And so we have on our website resources like video courses and eBooks, and we have a backend library that if you give us your name and email, you can get access to some of these resources. And so one in particular that I was thinking we could share with the listeners is our newest video course called Strengthening Foundations. And what it is, is it's uh, five videos. um, And what we do is we have reflection sheets and assessment sheets that go with each video so people can go deeper with the teaching on the video. And in this particular video course, those five videos are all under 20 minutes each. And they're just very foundational truths about some of the things we've been talking about today that have really impacted our lives, that we've been able to share that have impacted other people's lives to help set that foundation, to really start from the beginning and really understand what, how God originally created us, then understand what happened with the fall and how it affected everyone and all, and everyone who was born after that and how we actually have learned things to be normal that were never even what God made us to be. And so then once we identify those things, that helps people understand the deeper realities of who we are called to be in Christ and how through his life, death, and resurrection, he now has empowered us by the spirit to live out and, and transform into these truths. So anyways, go watch the video course because that's where you get all the teaching. But that's just one of our resources that is Um, expanding and many people have watched it and gone through it and been really giving feedback that it's helping them in their walk with God. But we also have Mm -hmm. eBooks, practical stuff, charts on our website. So we, our heart is to provide tools and practical discipleship uh, ways and teachings that will help people from however they learn best. Mm -hmm. So we have videos, we have written materials, and then we are in the process of getting actual physical books out there that we're not there yet, but we are wanting to reach everyone with all the different styles of teaching. And for example, some of those visual charts, like it would be very simple, but on the left side of the chart, it might lay out your old self and scripture verses that actually defined traits of the old nature. And so you could see that the old man is selfish, proud, angry, lying, um, and on and on it goes. And as you read that in a column on the left side, you go, wow, those ways are very normal to us as humans. And I see that there are ways that came through the fall. And then you look to the right side of this chart, and then you see things like compassionate, merciful, loved, forgiving, Kind, accepted, chosen, accepted. <laughs> and you start looking at that, go, look at all these scriptures that say that's who we are in Christ. And so for those that are visual learners, the video courses are great, the ebooks are great, but also those charts are out there to help you go deeper in the scriptures. And for those who are hungry for the word and really like to dive in, those resources are also very powerful because there's they're replete with scriptures and it lays it out left side, right side. And when you look at it, it can be very crystal clear in that format. And then we're also always wanting to just help people understand that as a ministry, we want to serve 
you as the body of Christ. So we want to, you know, just like you had invited us on your podcast, you know, we're open to people inviting us to come speak at their churches, inviting us to come do a workshop, things like that. So Mm -hmm. that's some of the in-person ways that we expand is we can travel and we can come and teach and speak and minister to anyone, anywhere. Usually that happens through relationships. And we love that because God just does the best stuff out of those relationships. Uh, so those are some of the ways that we we serve as a ministry. Such practical helps. And I know that if my listeners are like me at all, and I think they are, they're going to want to continue this conversation with you. So tell them where they can find your resources or request a visit from you or just continue the conversation. Absolutely. If you guys want to check out our website, you can visit that at www.belovedandbelove.com. And we always like to tell people that it's a very easy name to remember once you learn the insight, because the words are so close together. Sometimes people say, oh, be love and be loved, right? But we remind them, you cannot give what you do not have. So you must be loved and be loved. So if you go to beloveandbeloved.com, you can see our resources page, and all of them are listed there. You can opt in for one and get access to all of them. You can get our emails, you can visit our blogs, and on our website is the best way that you can also send us an email, uh, fill out a form, and and communicate with us if there's any other way that you'd like our ministry to serve you. We would be so happy to connect with any of the listeners and anyone who's been touched today by what the Lord's been speaking, and it's just our heart to serve you and care for you, and we value relationships immensely, so anyone who wants to reach out is welcome to do that in any form or fashion, and we'll just follow the Spirit and how that looks. Okay, we will feature that information on our show notes and our website as well. As we close out our show today, is there anything you'd like our listeners to see more clearly as a result of our conversation? Yes, I mean, absolutely. We want your listeners to see how loved they are by God and Jesus, how they are seen by Him in a way that could blow their mind if they truly receive the depth of God's thoughts for them, and that they are created for a purpose. They are created to shine his image and that they also are loved so much that God wants to heal them. He wants to reveal the things and areas that have maybe been believed for so long and have been such an effect, had taken such an effect on their life or keeping them in bondage. We want them to understand that Holy Spirit and Jesus is, is there to walk with them through that as well as many people who are willing to help that but that they would really grab on to their true identity in Christ. Because that's our heart in general in having this ministry is that believers would truly walk in that security, walk in that identity that is in Christ. And that isn't based on what they've thought about themselves, the negative things or the bad things people have done to them or not done. Mm -hmm. God is compassionate to what they've been through and he wants to help heal and restore that true image. Amen. And I just want to add in that the scripture is coming to me. It says, in all you get, get understanding out of the book of Proverbs. And I would encourage everyone listening today that, yes, you are valued and you are seen and you are known. But until you understand these things, they somewhat lay dormant because our hearts struggle to receive them. So my challenge to you would be to, in all you get, get understanding, to not just pursue only outer duties and traditions, but to seek for truth, 
to seek wholeheartedly, to seek honestly, to seek openly, and to be ready to receive from God. And just to know that you are someone who is not defined by yesterday, that you're not what you've done wrong and what others have said about you. And if you'll believe it, you are who he made you to be, and you are the good things he's spoken over you, and that you would just receive with all your heart that he has done that for you because he loves you and he knows you by name and you are worth it to him. And you are not yesterday. You are the things he has for you. And he wants to have a personal relationship with you, but he also wants you to turn away from every sin that so easily entangles, change your mind and follow him and learn his new ways because he is truly the first love and he's truly the only one who satisfies our life and our souls. And so that would be our biggest challenge is that seek him first and find your yourself in him so that way you can fully walk in the freedom that he died and paid paid the high price for. And we'd love to pray for our listener if that would be all right. I'd love it. Oh, great. And before we just pray, I just want to also, another thing that we would love the listeners to know is just that we're excited to connect with you. So in, in any way that we can mm. serve you, you know, please reach out. Yeah. Well, Abba, Father, I want to thank you for every single heart that's listening, every single person that has chosen to tune in. Father, it's because of your love that they are here, and it is because you created them that they are living. And so, Father, none of that is by chance or by accident. There is a time to be born, and here they sit. And so, Father, I pray that the overwhelming reality of your love would become clear to them that they would see it in a way they've never seen it before, that the eyes of their heart would be opened up and enlightened, and that real revelation would flow to them straight from you, that they would accept they are truly loved and they are free in Christ when they believe through faith. And so, Lord, I just bless every listener in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And thank wow, you our, so much. We yeah. are our time help. has flown. Oh, my goodness. I have enjoyed this conversation so much, getting to know you, getting to hear about your ministry, getting to talk about Jesus. It's been a good, good conversation. And I hope you'll come back and uh, let us have this kind of conversation again. Absolutely. Well, thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank you. And listeners, we'll see you next week. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's eye-opening interview. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website at nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Joelle Salazar, who created and performed the new Now I See theme song. 